Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Vent. This is Fed Weekly. A collaboration between Vice and Brent 2020, London Borough of Culture. get a cracking. Hey and welcome to Vent Weekly. I'm Sabrina. And I'm Santos. Each episode we chat to a journalist or expert about a topic that we think is important. And today we're talking about gangster rap. From Poland to Israel there are many people making gangster rap all over the world. But what is it? Where did it start? And are any of these international artists any good? Gangster rap is like, it's a type of hip-hop music. Think of like N.W.A. Mm, Wu-Tang a little bit, maybe. The west or east coast of America during the late 80s throughout the 90s. Normally quite heavy, heavy rap. About some, some gangster shit, bro. Today we've invited Tayo Youssef and Chucky Lofian into the studio, who are both working on Gangster Rap International, a new noisy series platforming the stories of gangster rappers around the world. Hey Chucky and Tayo, could you introduce yourselves? Okay, well yeah, I'm Chucky Lofian. It's funny if you say an expert. I don't, I don't know if I feel like an expert. Like Me that. either, do you know what I mean? I'm just you know what I'm saying? Boy, boy, make, please make these questions easy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm Chucky Lovian. Some know me as Chucky Online. I'm a DJ, a podcaster, a music enthusiast, a very curious human being who likes to have conversations with a lot of different people and make an understanding of certain things. And I'm, I'm here today, basically. Mm. It's good to have you here, bro. Thanks, bro. And what about you, bro? I'm Tayo, but most white folk know me as Tayo, you know, and that's okay. Um, I'm a director and I make all of the noisy um, video content. And I've had the pleasure of working with Chucky, who I'm going to say has been the best host that I've had the honour of working with for Noisy. Oh, mate. That's Don't so gas nice. me. I'm not, I'm not even joking. Is I it? Speak yeah? Facts. yeah, easy. Yeah. Wow. Easy. I'm still learning, man. But like, I've loved this. But I guess we'll talk about it. Yeah. So let's let's just like dive straight into it. Like starting from the top, like the beginning. Like, how would you guys define gangster rap? Like, what is gangster rap's definition? Gangster rap is like somewhat of a subgenre of rap music. Yeah, that derived from a certain place. Yeah, you had people that came from a certain type of community really expressing how they felt and what was going on, but in a certain type of way, like different to how traditionally we'd known it. Being a young kid, my introductions to gangster rap was like Mob Deep and, you know, going back and then listening to Biggie and Snoop yeah. and all of these guys and whatnot. And like, even though they all came from different areas, they all came from similar backgrounds. So they told a story 
that was quite the same, but just in different ways, stylistically and whatnot. And the sound now has evolved. Obviously, you've got superstars that's from it and whatnot, and people yeah, that that's you know are very um, still very attached to it, even though they may have changed their life or whatnot. But it like it speaks to a lot of people, so and it definitely spoke to me at some point. Yeah, like gangster rap is kind of like punk. It's kind of like punk music back in the day because you know it was about like rebellion and mm. you know talking about your life, which is different to the masses in it, and that can be anything that is as colourful as kind of like you know your illegal activities to you know gang life, anything that is like you know alternative to you know a fairy tale mm. essentially, and. I guess it's like what people like N NWA and kind of like Ice T are the ones who kind of like, you know, were probably most people's introductions to like gangster rap. And, and it was like, you know, like when it came around, like it's, it scared people because people hadn't ever really seen these particular people's faces like talking about what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. Like it's scary. Like, you know, can you imagine if you, you are from kind of like a nuclear family in like a suburb, you know, you go to school, your parents work and whatever, you know, it's a very traditional kind of like um, dynamic. And then you're hearing these young, you know, aggressive you know, people would describe them as thugs, you know, talking about selling yeah. drugs, you know, talking about fuck the police, you know, like, you know, they were talking about their real life and it was so real, it was hard for people to understand and they didn't want their kids to be influenced by this. But, you know, you can't stop art that is natural, you know, and it was absorbed and it was kind of like taken in by all people, like not only in, you know, America, but around the world, mm, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's in, it's it's incredible. It was if you're not gonna let us in, we're just gonna just kick down the doors and then let everyone know yeah. exactly what's happening. So like, there was a method to the madness in it. I'm not sure if they if it was like a thing that was fought out at the time, but it was definitely on a thing of you know what we come from a certain place. It's not all roses or red, violets or blue anymore. And if we have to be disruptive in spreading this message then that's just what we're going to do mm. yeah because i was going to ask do you feel like the phrase has changed from then till now because essentially what i'm getting from what you're both saying is that before it was like breaking barriers but now i feel like it's almost seen as cool and people yeah. want to listen to it like people think they need to be a gangster to rap in a sense D there's two sides to that though mm. i think obviously some people are super inspired by that yeah so you'll have people that you know, don't come from these type of areas and probably live a very privileged lifestyle. Yeah. Even now, yeah, to this day, no matter how much money is involved in it, yeah, there's still people that come from a certain area that still want their story to be told. And they still want, they're still, you know, talking about what they see and what they're around. And like, that's one of the reasons why I've been so anti-silencing them. The reality is we're in a, in a, in a we live a life where, there, you're going to have systematic oppression and all of these different types of things. So within that, you're going to have people that come from the mud and are going to, you know, always represent that and speak about that. So that's never going to change. I think, yeah, the sound and stuff has changed and there's even more subgenres from it. Like look yeah. at Drill. You know, Drill is essentially gangster rap music, but it's a subgenre. It's a different thing. Like they've, these kids have come from yeah. a certain place and they have made something of their own. And yeah, you've got people that are inspired by it that don't come from it. They didn't ever live that lifestyle, but they're inspired by a dig that or whatnot. But the reality is dig that came from a certain place and lived a certain life. And he's telling you about it. So.
when someone says gangster rap, I would think of explicit lyrics about Glocks. I think gangster rap's like a lifestyle as well, not just a genre. Money, violence, drugs. Three rags. Baggy trousers, masks. I feel like sometimes it's misinterpreted to be quite violent. If you actually listen to the lyrics, you will see that they are actually talking some sense. That's what a lot of it is, like musicians, it's just them expressing themselves yeah, through like their experiences in life and whatnot. Yeah. And I think we definitely see it in your series because each series that you do, that artist has a story and a reason why they're doing what they're doing. Mm. So just now relating it back to Gangster Rap, how did the series come about? We made a series called Gangster Rap International and we explored rap music from the unlikely countries that you wouldn't expect it to come from. And we met loads of weird and wonderful and compelling and interesting people who kind of like, you know, took us on their journey and and, and we learned how they interpreted um rap music that originally started off in America and how they turned it into their own thing. Who came up with the ideal? Because of the articles and the kind of stories that Vice, you know, writes and they push out on their socials, the kind of general theme is like the weird and the wonderful. But it's not weird and the wonderful, oh, look, we're taking you on a lovely journey. It's not like that. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, if this is a story that's a bit scary, a little bit, um, you know, risky, but there is like some charm in it, we're going to show you it all. And those were the kind of stories. And, you know, and through that, they came across these like wonderful figures <laughs> Um, that weren't UK or American based who had interpreted, you know, gangster rap or a new interpretation of it. And they kind of like took it and made it their own, you know. So that's where these kind of characters like Ink and Popek and Nissim kind of came around. So, yeah, it's kind of just like through the the cycle of articles and the news stories that we're kind of interested in. Like these characters are just bound to kind of like, you know, make their way to you. And why do you think now like why now did you start the series why do you think it's so important for the climate that we're in now it had been sitting there for ages and sometimes you have an idea but it just doesn't work at that yeah, time yeah. so it's been sitting there before i started which is like four years ago mm. but there weren't enough people to tell the story you yeah, know? yeah or we didn't have the resources or whatever but then you know i guess it kind of like came at a time where like you know the conversation about drill was you know was kind of like reaching the pinnacle point and because of UK drill, it kind of like spawned these like, not imitations, but it was like, you know, people's interpretation of what drill was. And it kind of like created this like confidence of people around the world where, because it was like, you know, because drill started off in America, but then, you know, drill right now, the biggest impact of drill or export of drill is from the UK, you know? So, and it, you know, you had like Australian drill, you had Spanish drill, Italian drill, these things were coming out. And it was like, cool, this felt like a really good time to bring this series out. What was the research like? You must have like came across a lot of interesting artists, a lot of interesting things like, what was that whole process like? Usually because of the stuff that we specialise in, you know, the people are generally kind of a bit crazy, you know? And I don't mean crazy like <laughs> mental health crazy. I mean like, you know, they're just eccentric people who mm. live like um, uh, ec these extroverts who, you know, who, who express themselves in like a really physical way, you know? From that, you just kind of go, okay, cool, who would be the most interesting? And you work out what you'd see. Like essentially, it's like, what are you going to see? 
because that's what people want, you know, to to have these docs of the weird and wonderful. Like, you know, the stories can be interesting, but essentially, you want to it wants that you want it to be a visual spectacle. Have they got an interesting story? Check. Have what do they show you in their music videos? Could be something that could be interesting to film. Check. You're like so you're looking for all of these things that are just like really unique because that's the stuff that will make people go oh whoa what's this nah this is crazy do you know what I mean and that's the reaction you want the more the most interesting docs take you on a journey you know you meet a character you see the good the bad and the ugly they're usually on a journey somewhere you know you either love or you hate them and the best ones take you on a journey where you're like actually I hate this person oh no I I really understand them Okay, wait, I, I can't decide what I feel about them. Actually, no, they are like most people. They are complex. And everything that you just said just reminds me of the first episode you made because that emotions that I felt towards, what's his name, Popek? Popek. Yeah, Popek. Those emotions that you said, oh, do I like him? Do I not like him? That's exactly how I felt throughout the whole thing. So I think my favourite was the first one. It has over 6 million views now. And I feel like that was my favourite because... Popek was such a crazy character and he's a rapper from Poland but I think it's his personality that made him so successful because there's scenes that we see him tattooing his eyeballs, tattooing his face which is obviously something crazy. I don't know anyone who's done that before. I think it's, it worked purely off the back of literally everything that Taylor just said. Like with all of those, che those checkpoints I think it was that all on steroids and like yeah. for me yeah you know, Teo went and, and broke down, like, you know, how they go about trying to find stories and stuff like that. Once they've done that and they pick something, they, all the information then comes to me and then I just go through it and start looking at stuff. But I wanted to go and suss him out myself. You know, that was a big thing for me. Like, why did he cut his face? Like, why did he... What makes his world go around? It was so interesting being around the dynamics of, like, his household. But as the second that he jumps in his car and leaves his house, he's just an... He's a lunatic. But... It was all about trying to find out, like, why is he like that? And what makes him this this character? What was it like adjusting to that for, like, a short period of time? Because I saw in the episode you were on, like, the big-ass monster truck and all that. And man's driving at oh, all sorts crazy. of speeds in that. That was stress. <laughs> and he's yeah. screaming out, who wants to die, in it? Like, if I was in a situation like that, I'd be praying, bro. I'd yeah, be like, I ain't trying nuts. to die today. It was nuts. So Gangster Rap doing this is the first time I've ever done anything like this. So... There was a lot of things that I'd learnt from the other two going into this. What was uh, the, what was the other two? Sorry. Uh, the first one was Ireland. Oh. The second one was um, Israel, and then this one, then the third one was Poland. And um, by then, I was kind of the one thing that I'd learnt was you know just go with the flow. Like anything can just change. When like the idea was like oh you know piece of camera be in the car do all this type of stuff at first I just wasn't really on it I wasn't really I was on having the conversation with him in the car quickly but not really trying to go anywhere with him but it ended up being the sickest thing for the show because we got there mad early because he drove hella fast yeah, yeah. the car that we were supposed to be in was like two hours twenty minutes behind when we got <laughs> to the venue yeah so bear in mind we left at the same time we left at the same time and we stopped off at KFC because he just wanted we to stopped eat. off twice yeah we stopped off <laughs> oh yeah KFC. we did yeah and not only like that was none of this was planned like we were just standing there and the monster truck just came in and i was like just what? casually yeah 
Like, and I was like, what is going on? But that's not normal. <laughs> Why and when I said I'm not getting in it, I was being genuinely like, I just thought, oh, yeah, it's coming. This is sick. We'll take a couple pictures or whatever. I ain't getting in it. That's what I thought. I thought, well, you know, we'll get some nice portraits. We can cut it like it, like, you know, we did something in it. And then, like, you, I remember you just saying, yeah, I'm not getting in it. And then, like, Popek just came Popek was, was just like, like, yo, we're getting on. Yeah. <laughs> but if he says you're getting on, then you're getting we're on. We're getting yeah. on. Yeah. So, um... So yeah, like we, that was sick anyway. So all of that ended up being good. But by at that point in like filming this, the the doc, I was just going with the flow. But I just always had at certain points, oh yeah, I'm going to bring up this or we're going to talk about that. And like, it really, you, sometimes you worry about whether these things are going to translate on camera. Did you actually like his music, by the way? Did, did you actually go away and then listen to his music afterwards? Well, no. the things so, that we heard um, a bunch of his music before we went, like, because some of his older stuff is like, all right. But yeah. like now it's kind of like transformed into this like Euro pop. Yes. When he was, yeah, when he was making gangster rap music and stuff, I think that like he, at that point in his life, definitely identified with that lifestyle because a lot of things that was going on in his life privately and all kinds of stuff, yeah? But then, as as Teo said, like, you know, he becomes a dad. He, he what, he did MMA for a bit. He did, um, he went on TV. He was dancing, doing- Dancing yeah, on ice. Dancing on ice and stuff he like that. He went on Dancing on Ice. So I, I think, love no, so to watch dancing that. Dancing with the Stars. Dancing with the Stars. Oh, yeah. I would yeah, love yeah. to watch that. Yeah, so like, his, his life started to change and he's- um, his background started but to change. But do you feel like he but. changed because of his lifestyle or because he had to, because people wasn't listening to his music? Because you see how people become commercialised. Um, I don't know, you know. I literally think that, because he seemed like, even when we went to his show, I know that like some of his, his bigger songs were like quite Euro popular, like but he still drink. had... I huh? like to fuck. Yeah, yeah, that yeah one? all of that. <laughs> show yeah. me your pussy. Yeah. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The countries I think people are making gangster rap in, probably like I would have just said like America, to be honest. Poland? Oh, I did, I did not know that. Does it hit hard? <laughs> I was aware about the rap scene in Eastern European countries. I thought it was mainly like America. I had no idea they were making gangster rap in Israel. I would, I would like to hear that. So there's this other episode based in Israel and you guys were with this guy Nassim Black who was raised in Seattle in the US and you know in his teenage years and his 20s he was a real real gangster rapper and then he decided to move to Israel in 2011 convert into an orthodox Jew but he still continued gangster rapping bro that story is crazy like the first religion you're introduced to is like is um is um, is um, islam and then you're then intru- then you're like actually you know what i'm going to go christianity yeah. and then you go actually you know what i don't feel like this is it and you're like i'm actually going to turn to judaism but not any kind of judaism like 
ultra orthodox. Like these yeah. are the epitome of like religious figures in Judaism. And it's like not only that, but you then uproot your whole life to the motherland of this religion. And you live in the most ultra orthodox Jewish community. With your best friend. With your best friend and you both married sisters. Mm. Like to like deep how like vi- like visually it's not gonna be like as wild as yeah. as Popek, but like as a story, like that is crazy. It was easily the most interesting one that we've done. Like yeah. way more than the, the Popek one. The Popek one was like crazy. It was just a spectacle, wasn't it? Like it was just yeah. a mad man, but like this, this, it's like if this, you, was... this one is like you have to pay attention. Yeah, yeah. yeah because the story is so complex and so I, layered. I feel like it was like the transition in it. Like he was doing gangster rap and like he's just changed his direction in life, innit? Like with religion and whatnot. And that's obviously like affected his music and whatnot. Yeah, and do you know what is mad as well, yeah? Is that like his music aesthetically hasn't changed much, you know? His lyrics have changed. Yeah. And his music in terms is of the sound. Really good. His lyrics have changed and that. And I felt like even when we were listening to some of his stuff, it sounded like he was reminiscing a lot about how things used to be and whatnot, yeah, and just like how his life is today. But the, the, the production side of things, really good. Like, you know, the way that he delivered it was really good. But him as him as a as a as a human being, I just thought was so interesting. Like, you know, one thing that I learned, yeah, out there was um, even though everyone was dressed the same a lot of people's kippah was different and I remember um, what's his name Zachariah Zachariah was telling us like yo that's what people look at like they look at the kippah bro like there's all these different Mm. patterns and these different textures and all these different things yeah and like I realised how important that was to them do you know what I mean? But it's kind of like looking at someone's crep in it. Do you know? I was yeah, about definitely. To say, like your shoes. Yeah, definitely. It was definitely that. But being out there and meeting Nassim Black here yeah, was it's it's hard to put into words. So obviously, before you made the series, you knew a lot about rap music, anyways. But from doing it, what's something that you learned that was that was new? I feel like art is a really good way to help you understand people who you don't come across all the time. Mm. It made me, I guess it's like thinking about Popic and I'll go Nisim. It's like, you know, they are two very different people and they're, they're, but they're very similar, not only because they do music, but because they're really extreme. How they manifest, how they depict themselves is really extreme. One guy literally gave up on everything he was taught, you know, and stuck with music. That's bravery because you know? I could never do that. Do you know, like, yeah. think about it, like everything you value. In his situation, though, like, I remember hearing, like, he was saying that his parents were drug dealers and that, and he had, like, the wrong influences around him growing up. And when you're that young, like, you can't do much about that. Mm-hmm. In terms of, like, just going back to the genre, one thing that it definitely heightened for me, though, more than anything just when you think that you could go to a place and not hear rap music you you will go to that place and you will hear rap music but But see that's what i learned new because i didn't know it's like going back to the newest one that you did um, in australia Mm. i didn't know that they had dual music like that in australia to me when i was watching them they literally look like london boys when i was Mm. looking at they look like they don't sound like it though do you think, no, think they I don't thought, sound like it they look like even it, though yeah, they but, have a, a like an accent but yeah. literally when I was listening to I felt like I was I was watching boys from the UK and that surprised me because I didn't know abroad they were making drill music like that in a different country do you know why it doesn't surprise me so much though is because like when I was younger Australia felt like 
just a whole different planet. Mm. And in terms of like how far it is on the plane, it is it probably would still feel like that because like 24 hours 24 on the plane hours, yeah. and it's not really seeing me unless I've got to work. But the internet is around the corner. The power of algorithms and like, you know, the suggestions and stuff like that is insane. I don't think some people understand how how important that has been for scenes and movements and stuff like that because the moment you click on one video it suggests the next one then it suggests the next one and like yeah. with art whether you're drawing whether you're a writer whether you like i don't know do, doing graffiti or whatever it is yeah there's always going to be a time when you're just going to go and look and see what's going on out there and you're going to see something and it's going to inspire you so the fact that there's people in australia that is that doesn't even surprise Even Americans are being inspired by it. Pop Smoke. Yeah, he's using, he, yeah. he's using a British producer. Yeah. And uh, even Drake with his new song. He yeah. one he's, been song. he's been inspired for years. He was like, oh, I clicked on one video and then you know it starts suggesting yeah. stuff and that and I'm seeing more and more and more. And then before you know it now, you find yourself in you find yourself in a hole on YouTube, which, which is why it's a positive and a negative. Also, the thing about Australia is like, those guys were like, it was really weird. Like when they first came across Graham, they were like, these guys, like they thought the same thing. They were like, rah, these London youths are like us. Mm. Really? Yeah. yeah. They were like, rah, these guys are like us. So it was just like, I guess it's like, we don't realize, but I guess there were just so many interpretations of the same people, but just in different yeah, countries. All over the Definitely, world. Definitely, 100%. 100%. And that's one of the reasons why people, that's one of the big reasons why people start gravitating to stuff and how scenes yeah. are built and stuff like that. Because when you can look at someone or look at a type of people and feel like, right, they're just like me. Like They're talking about the stuff that I experience or I've seen or whatnot. Yeah, I could like, I could do that. And I think that's the beauty of music because it allows to allows you to relate to your experiences to other people. Yeah. By the way, personally, I think you should do one in Nepal because in where? I'm Nepalese. Oh, Nepal. is it? Yeah. They do rap music in Nepal is amazing. Yeah. Is amazing. I'm telling you that right now. So thank you, Chucky, and thank you, Teo, for coming in and speaking to us. I feel like we've had a productive yeah. conversation. Nice. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for having us, man. Thanks. Appreciate it. So, Sabrina, how did you find that? Like, did you know much about gangster rap before this conversation or, like, did you learn quite a lot? I mean, I watched this series, so I knew a bit about that. And obviously, I've listened to rap before because I've grown up with it with my uncles and stuff. But I feel like they gave a kind of behind the scenes of what happened. Yeah. And I like that because I liked knowing their own emotions and how they felt towards it. And we learned new things that happened that we didn't even know that happened because obviously it wasn't mm. in documented. The whole point you made about not knowing that there were drill rappers in Australia and stuff just goes to show like, how influential music is. As a rapper yourself, do you feel like you correlate with the things that they said? It's as long as they're being real to themselves, isn't it? Like music is a form of expression. Like they're rapping about what what they're experiencing and at the end of the day, like it's their life. Like they decide where they go, who they spend time with, what they dress and that's just gonna influence what type of music they make. Thank you for listening to Vent Weekly. I've been Sabrina. And I've been Santos. And thanks a lot to Teo and Chucky for coming in. You can find more of Teo's films on vice.com. This episode was produced by the Vent production team, Jess Lawson, Amelia Gill, Mawid Majid, Arlie Adlington and Kamaya Shea Cowell. 
Vent is a collaboration between Vice and Brent London Borough of Culture 2020. If you like what you hear, like, share and subscribe. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.